Hey guys, and welcome to season three of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, I get to make my guests laugh, cry, and even make them think about life a little differently with the questions I fire over to them, which digs into their lives and professions a little differently. We even had a chance to change up the intro, giving you a fresh new sound. I look forward to sharing season three of the Us People podcast with you. Let's go. Go. Okay, so hey, what's up, people? My name is Jukebox Yemaja. Um, I'm a drummer, producer, songwriter, um, event festival organizer, promoter, artist manager, booking agent, and record label scout, and many other things. I'm here on the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lost People Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Rocks, and today I've got Duke here with me. This has actually been a long time coming, to be quite honest with you. We tried before, but unfortunately, the signals of the network wouldn't let us do the podcast. So we decided to go again, and it, this is pretty cool because I believe everything happens for a reason, so... Duke is here with me right now and guys I want to welcome Duke onto the Us People podcast but before I do I want to tell you exactly what Duke does for a living. So Duke is a drummer and then a a producer. So Duke is an events festival organiser, a booking agent, songwriter, promoter, stage runner and record label scout. That's a lot to have underneath your belt. (laughs) <laughs> thank you very much it is it is it's a lot to have underneath your belt so Duke I want to welcome you to the Yes People podcast thank you for being so patient again to come on thank the podcast you. and welcome to the show how are you I'm really really good I'm blessed to be on the show and of course Sally is already fam to me so always <laughs> that's what I like to hear so <laughs> my first question for you Duke I'm sure you even rehearsed this actually at one point I'm sure um which was kind of cool actually I don't know if I should tell the guy so we was in clubhouse and um they were in a chat and then I got this notification on my phone saying Duke's in there and Jumi's in there and Jumi's podcast will be at a later date also but we had it came up on my screen and I just tapped on it randomly and then I saw Duke I saw Jumi and I saw a few other guys in there and um it was a nice chat we got to chat with each other and um we just really got to know each other through Clubhouse so if any of you guys want to talk to people go on Clubhouse that's a brilliant tool to use especially for networking and just getting to know people but we're going to skip that for a little while and we're going to get back to Duke and um so Duke my first question for you is could you tell me a bit about your background where you grew up but also how that influenced you to be the person who you are today okay so where should i start so i was born in brussels belgium i grew up back and forth between vienna austria brussels belgium Reunion, the, um, the french department um i grew up in brazil as well I traveled a lot when I was younger. My brother, I have two half siblings and then probably 16 other half siblings from my father's side. Um, My father's black and my mother's white. 
my mother's family is Flemish, um, like Brussels, uh, mixed with Austrian. Um, they're very right wing, very religious, Christian. Um, so no LGBT, no um, the traditional Christian household, very right wing. Mm -hmm. And then we're coming to my father's side, who's black. Um, he was born in Equatorial Guinea, Africa, Central Africa. Um, he's a mixture of Congo, Cameroon, um, and then he lived in South Africa, in Morocco, and he's very religious as well, Muslim. Um, so he's as well right wing in a way that he doesn't allow me when I was younger to be around other multicultural or white or not black colored people in that sense of way. And that was the same way for my mother's side. So I wasn't allowed to be around other black or colored people than other than white people. Mm. Um, and that was very difficult for me. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be. And I'm a very honest person. So everything that makes make me the person that I am today, that was as well that I was sexual assaulted many times from family members, from friends, um, teachers as well. But at the time it was hard. But now that I'm looking back on, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't sit here with Savia and tell my story. Um, and I wouldn't met incredible people that I've met through my journey. So drumming as well. I learned drumming. I learned the drums when I was seven years old. It was an anger management outlet for me. Um, my brother plays multiple instruments and he was in the boys choir, but he he got epilepsy very strong. So um, he stopped with it. And yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm the only person in my family that plays any instrument. And what else can I say about me? So yeah, I came out when I was probably 14 years old. I'm 20 now. And mm -hmm. I always was more of a tomboy. And I was always a tomboy. I, I loved to play around other things. And especially, as I said before, my background wasn't really the thing where girls can do this. And but it was always like that. Girls need to be in the kitchen, need to do women things and men need to do this. And that wasn't in my head. That wasn't in my head at all. I'm a very practical person. So I was like, why do, why? I was always asking why, why, why? And a lot of abuse was in my household and anger and everything. So I didn't really have the um, background that I wanted to have. So when I was 17, my brother already left. He's five years older than me. He went to the UK already and he's a sushi chef there with his father. My brother's half Mongolian and he lived there already in London. And I said, I want to come. I can't take it anymore. I want to leave. And he said, okay, you can stay with me and my father. And so I stayed there and I did Kingsway College Music Production 3 and I finished it. And then I worked at the Roundhouse afterwards because college, I felt college didn't gave me the tools. They only wanted to give me the tools at that time, but not afterwards. I wanted more. I wanted to be practical. I wanted to be with the people. I wanted to go to room to room, talk to the people, see what they want. Um, not only think about me, because at the end of the day, I want to take people with me to the top. I don't want to go alone. Um, so, yeah, I hope I didn't went around the, on the question. 
No, you never went around the question. I think you answered the question and added more on to the question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's a question that I do want to ask you because there were elements of you saying that you grew up in a predominantly white side when it came to your mother, but also a predominantly black side when it came to your father, which can be detrimental to a child especially when they're growing up it's confusing definitely well one thing i i do want to ask you is how did you manage to not necessarily control that but how did you manage to have the ability to have friends because if one parent is saying to you you can only have black friends and then the other side is saying you can only have white friends what made you decide to choose your own friends and go your own way without because sometimes when we're younger, we look at our parents as role models. So, and that's the thing that I'm sure a lot of people can understand. But in your concept of things and in your mind, because of the way that you've been grown, you're grown up um, in your culture that you have been, how was it for you to be able to say to yourself, you know, I love my parents as much as I do, but at the same time, I need to make my own path and I need to find my own friends who see me as a family and these are my tribe, these are my people. How was that for you? Ooh, um, that's a good question. So I lost, I wouldn't say I lost, I separated the connection with my father um, 100% when I was 16 years old. I told him, I came out, as I said, I was always a tomboy, but I really came out to my father because he's more religious than my mother. My mother's more the black sheep of her own family, but she's still religious. Um, but I came out to my father when I fought, when I was 14 and I said, okay, I'm this person, please accept, accept, accept me. Um, because I was one of the girls, he has three girls, he has 16 children, but three girls and then the other ones are only boys. 16. And no, oh my God, I'm so, he has 16 children, but I know I have four sisters. And then probably some, I don't know. But the thing is, I was more of the tomboyish person in in the family. Mm -hmm. And he said, you're not my daughter anymore. I don't want to see you anymore. I don't love you anymore. I don't want to see you anymore. And then because he's religious, he still wanted to keep in contact with me because he was scared to go to hell um, or to go to any way, like be disowned of, of God that he believes in, you know? And so he still called me. He didn't want to see me in person. He only called me. So his ritual, you know, every child that he that he owns, every child that he gave mate, better life say, he to. called. Yeah. yeah, gave life to. He called, had a book with all the names, telephone numbers, and called them and said, hello, how are you? You know, the ritual thing. And then he hanged up. And that's the thing that was. And I said, when I was 16, that's not enough for me. Do That's know, not enough for me. Do you know what, Duke? <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. There's one thing I've learned in life. It takes more than a conversation over the phone every now and again for you to and be able to me. connect with your child. You have to be, to be a good parent, it's not about just making a phone call. To be a exactly. Good, to be a good parent, it's not just about you just how can I say this in the correct term? Just being there, but not doing nothing. You can be there, but you're not doing nothing. Interacting with your child and showing them support 
you know, even when they do wrong, accepting their wrongs because nobody is oh perfect. Oh my God, yes. And you have to find the perfections the, and the imperfections of people. And that's when you in realize. In people in general. Exactly. In people in general. It doesn't have to be your own child. Exactly. Because of the end, of the, end of the day, I also learned that um, we are a community. Like literally, and that's what I wanted to finish with as, as well with your um, question. The thing was, we are a community. Everyone is a person. There is a color, yes, but at the end of the day, we are all people. And if you have children, okay, I'm definitely going to discipline and help to raise your child as well because we are a village. And as people say, it takes a village to raise a child. And I understand you have your rules for your child and I accept that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to support it like it's my own child. And that's how we should really be as people and you said that how how did i became this person because it is very hectic as i grew up very i was very um 100 on both sides like you are not allowed to be on only with, with other white people you know when i was on my father's side and i wasn't allowed i was only allowed to hear black music like it was 100 strong anger against colored people other than black people you know mm. and then on the white side for my mother's side it was very at the same time that as well but I wasn't accepted on both sides I wasn't because I was I had blood black blood in my in me and I had white blood in me and both sides didn't accept me and my mother she accepted me to be um in the LGBT community I would say uh but she wanted me to be girly and my sisters, well, they accepted me, but they still wanted to, they didn't want me to be like a tomboy. And from far away, they accepted it. But if I'm home, like now, they are still trying to get me girly clothes, you know, dresses, all of that type of things. And now through my journey, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with it, you know? Yeah. And when I went into the music industry or more into college and more into things that where I physically saw the things that I wanted so badly and that was a community, that was something that I really wanted, I lost, um, I met people and it really triggered me because I grew up in a, in a way that there was homophobia, you know, there was um, sexual abuse, there were like really bad things and I wasn't allowed I wasn't really allowed to talk about these things. Um, I need to be strong, like you know, that mindset. And I went to church school where we were, we were in that school where we saw pornography, like literally, so we are not gay, like not, like against that. So we, it get out of us, you know, we went to, we, we wrote poems about hell, all of that, if we're gay and all of that, it was literally crazy. Um, but I left after two years already. So it wasn't, it was like really, really crazy. So when I came to London or when I came out of that area, let's say it that way, I really needed to change my mindset in a way that if I really want something, if I really want these people that mean to me something, I need to change my mindset as well. You know, it's like one person comes to me, I need to come in the same direction to the other person we need to meet in the middle um connect 100 100 with that because it was very rough for me it was very hard for me to think like why should i change 
I don't think wrong, you know? But at the same time, if I want you to stick around, I need to change as well. Because there is definitely something that you don't like about me. So what is it? And it was digging, you know, it was researching, it was finding, even though I'm still growing, I never will really 100% find myself. But I found some bits of myself in a way that I accepted myself for who I am. Especially it was very triggering for me because I have a disability. I have smaller fingers. I have, I am very tall. I'm tall. <laughs> I am very tiny. I am very tiny. I look very young for my age. And those type of things come day by day, you know, I, I can't change them who I am. So it was just for me that I want, I didn't want to be the person that I am. So at the end of the day, I need to accept myself because I said to all the people, why are you looking so wrong to me? Like I push people away so I don't get hurt. And um, at the end of the day, I just, I wanted that these people stick around with me. So I had to change my attitude a bit. And as well that the music industry, it growed so well, like it, it, it became multicultural. So many people of color and different mixed of backgrounds. And I wanted to be part of that. So I had to, change my attitude you know was you changing your attitude for yourself or was you changing for other people because this is very important the reason why i asked this question was you changing for yourself to make you grow as a person or was you changing to still try and fit in so that people would accept you because of everything that you've been through I would say both. At the beginning, it was definitely for other people. So I could give my foot into the door, you know, so people will accept me. And I I saw it as a, as a chance to, um, like the mean girl club, you know, like try to look rich, even though I'm not, and try to pretend and then go into that scenario and maybe they will accept me when I'm in the club. Then I can say, oh, I'm not rich. I'm not really like that. But sometimes, because I wasn't allowed um, to talk about all those in, all those feelings that I had, all those um, situations in life that I had that I thought were normal, but inside I knew it were, were normal. It wasn't normal, but it was very complicated. So it was like a storm in a way for me. So when I heard when somebody came up to me and were like talking to me, I was like boom, you know, like a waterfall. I was like talking, talking. People were like go away from me um, because I was talking so much and people were like, that's too much for me. Um, and so I needed to find myself after that more because people liked me, but it was just the outside. They didn't accept me in from the inside yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what should I do with that if they don't like me from the inside, you know? Um, so I should do it for myself instead of other people. So after that longer way, I did it for myself and not anymore for the other people. I needed to, to heal myself first and then go to the other people. I like that. So it basically, you're going through a journey throughout your life. And as you get older, you start to understand who you are and you love yourself. Yeah. Who you are as an individual. So let's, let's, let's dig deeper deeper let's dig deeper so for example yes what is the reason 
that you decided to go into the music industry the reason why i asked this question is i for sure know how hard it is to get into the music industry i know how hard it is when you're in there and i know how hard it is when you do not have the right people around you also but there are positives to music it's an outlet it's a creative outlet you can you can definitely be successful in music you can definitely write hits yeah. Um, for people you doesn't have to be for yourself you can be in the background I always actually say the people in the background make more money than the people in the front um, do you see us do you see Sylvia and me like, <laughs> come on we're both in the background and we're doing amazing because it's it's that it's that oh I'm sorry I interrupt you no keep go going. for it no keep keep going you had a flow keep the flow going I'm just yeah yeah the flow is that <laughs> um the thing is that for me, I don't know how I went into the music industry. So I went to the roundhouse and I felt like I was home. I literally, that's no promotion. I'm not like plugging anyone, like no promotion. That's just, I went into the roundhouse. I was scared because at the beginning, I am a very, um, I'm the type of person I don't talk that much, only if I feel really comfortable with a person or with an environment, I feel like I'm getting out of my zone. And so I did my DJ course, the first DJ course that I did there. And there were people with disabilities. People with disabilities were there because in my place where I am, everywhere where I went, I was looking, I did a lot of workshops already before, not in the UK, but somewhere else in <clears throat> in Austria, Vienna, in Germany, and in Brussels. Everywhere there were groups, separate groups, disability people and normal people as you call them okay yes i don't get it but like separate groups and in london they were together and it was like whoa that was beautiful that was beautiful because i needed i didn't need it to decide you know i have dyslexia i have a disability i'm number blind so all the people told me like oh you play drums like how can you do that you need to read numbers and like notes and all of that i'm like no i'm i'm playing with the rhythm I'm playing with the how I'm feeling it, you know? And I I remember things really well. So I remember faces, people, like what people tell me, I'm listening it, I'm like a sponge, like I, I'm listening to it. So instruments playing or making music isn't really hard for me. And yeah, so I went to the roundhouse and it was just like amazing. I felt at home because I need, I didn't need it to decide which group I want to go to. So I felt like, okay, this course is amazing, but I wanted to change something. So I did courses out of my comfort zone. I did a feminist uh, poetry club. That was a bit dangerous for me. <laughs> um, feminist women. It was, it was crazy. Um, Why was it? Women okay. Left and crying. Why? Okay. This sounds interesting. Because it was interesting. So we did, um, it was the Slam Poetry Club, um, politi no, Politic Theatre, it was Politic Theatre. Um, the Politic Theatre Club was at the Roundhouse and we had probably six women, including me, and two teachers. One teacher, he was gay, but he was so nice. And one woman, she was also really nice. They were like professional theatre people. And they let us loose. They literally let us loose like they didn't gave us any rules any any direction um 
And so I was like, whoa, okay, that's new territory for me. So I was like at the back. And then the other five women, they were like, no, I got this. No, I got this. No, I got this. It was like hardcore. They talked about politics, like um, about what life did they have, backgrounds. And we did this. So it was like a six weeks course. And at the end of the course, we needed to make our own play. And it was about a woman getting sexualized and raped. And then we were in a in a circle and we needed to say, I was raped. Literally, even though you didn't get raped, you needed to say it. And it was like all confusing. And then at the end, there was a grandpa from one of the girl women, okay? One of the women's grandpa, he stood up because at the end of the play, we were sitting in a circle and the audience gave us feedback. I feel like this was amazing. But the grandpa said, this wasn't enough rape. I would love to see it much more authentically, like real. Why is there not enough rape? He literally said that. He was like an old 80-year-old white dude. This was crazy as hell. And then the the granddaughter of him, she ran out of the room crying. She's like, I got raped, I got raped. And then one girl, oh, sorry, one woman, she stood up from the group. One feminist woman was like, oh, come on. We don't need men. Let's get out of this room. And it was crazy. It was like, uh, and then it was just crazy as hell. And that one woman, she cried two days before before the um, before the two last days of the of the group of the course and she said oh fuck you all i i don't want to see you ever again to all of you people because my father died and she ran out crying it was like oh i'm telling you but it was stressful but it was it was an experience you know it sounds like a course i just don't want to be on Yeah, I at the end of the day, I didn't want to do it either way, never again. But oh. but I had good experience, you know, because I know that I'm not never gonna do it again. I know which which people want to be part of, you know. Yeah. I I found so many people afterwards. I met some great people afterwards. I did, and I work at the Rounders now, and it's just like I just wanna. I do every Thursday at the Roundhouse. Um, I do this. Um, a producer drop-in with spider j and we're literally just sitting in the media lab and people can listening like we're listening to the music everyone is sitting on their computers we just make music with each other and like just give feedback you know even if you're a poetry artist if you have a podcast if you have a radio show like we're listening to it and maybe we have some people in our heads that we think could be great on it it's just like all supportive you know networking in a way and it's literally like for four or five hours that we're doing this and it's for free. Like, it's literally chilling with your friends and just having a good time. And yeah, at the end of the day, we maybe go something eat, maybe go something drink and have a good time. It sounds like an experience. But then if you've made friendship at the end of it, then there's something you found the positive in the negative. That's how it sounds. It definitely sounds like that. To I me. mean, that's life. It's life. It's literally like a roller coaster. You it, having, you know, um, making music and in, in real life, it's the same because you have steps. You have like you have the intro, you have the chorus, you have the verse, like the chorus, you have the bridge. You know, it's like life. You you can't have life just like one level. It goes up, down, up, down, up, down. You never know when it's gonna hit you in your head. 
um, or in your back or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's about your attitude. It depends mm -hmm. on the person because no person is the same. It doesn't matter if we would be twins, okay? You and me, if we would be twins and we would go through the same life struggles, the same, we wouldn't have the same emotions. Wouldn't have. Still, we didn't. We wouldn't have the same emotions, even though we we're twins and the same things happened to us. We wouldn't because we're different people. Maybe fifty no, percent. Yeah, maybe fifty percent. I never think that. To be quite honest with you, I don't even think that even fifty percent of that. Because we, like you said, we are different people. We handle our emotions differently. We see, we see life differently. We have a different, you know, version of where we want to be in life. Which kind of leads me on to my exactly. next question. My next question for you, Duke, is yes. because you do so many things, from yes. being a drummer, A and R producer, festival organization, uh, organizer. Uh, booking agent. I don't know why I can't say that word today. It's just not coming out. Which <laughs> is the okay. fun part, actually, because then people can laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you do so many things. But what would you yeah. say is your niche? Do you believe that some people... I remember someone saying to me, actually, quite a while ago. They said to me, you should concentrate on one thing and just do that one thing. And that's oh it. Oh, my God. Tell me but, about it. But then there are people... <laughs> No, there are people out there who are multi-talented and do several things, you know, and they are extremely yeah, exactly. good and they're extremely good at doing several things. How do you feel about this? Yes. Would you say that because you're a person who does multiple things, what would you say about yes, this? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for telling that. Thank you so much because like yourself, I hear that so many times and it frustrates me already. It gets on my nerve because... Not at the beginning, as I said before, not every person is the same, you know. I deal with things differently than you are dealing with things differently. I have dyslexia. I learn differently than you are learning differently. I I do things differently than any other person because I'm not I'm myself. That's the first thing. Um why are why these people that are telling you this or myself telling me this, okay? Why are you don't why don't you say that about multi players, like multi instrumental players? They play many instruments. Should they focus on one instrument or should they be educated and play many more instruments? So I'm literally planning, organizing events and festivals. I'm not doing this 24 seven. I'm doing this when I have the opportunity. I'm a drummer. I play drums since I was seven years old. I love playing drums. That's my passion. I am like a freelancer for drumming. So if somebody needs me for a band or for some gig i'm definitely a drummer but i'm as well a producer because i think that's important being as well an artist manager and booking agent i think it's important to knowing the label knowing the major labels working for universal working for um collaborating better say not working collaborating with universal and the roundhouse sofa sounds and many other organizations diversified stage showmakers and all and so on and so on it's just important if you have an artist. I know if a record label has enough money and has their own studios, they keep the percentage, they keep the royalties, they keep the money for themselves, not for the artist. And so 
I just I just know that if I'm a producer and the Rounders is a nonprofit organization, they can't keep the money for the produce can't keep the money from the artist. So they get probably some of the percentage, probably not at all. But if I'm a producer, I'm an artist manager as well. I have an artist. I'm going with them to the roundhouse. We're gonna do this, you know. Then they keep the percentage. It's a win-win, you know. And it's so a, it it's depends. A good, it's a good deal. The the one thing that I've learned, and I'm a big publishing geek. Um, contracts yes. are very important. I don't know if Tell you want to talk about this, but contracts are very important, especially as a songwriter. As a songwriter, your your yes. royalties are the crown jewels. These these are things that you need to be a. You have to have your a game on. Um, so anybody getting a publishing deal, make sure Definitely it's a deal that suits you. Anybody, you don't necessarily need a record label deal as much as you think. The only reason why people may need a record label deal is is if they feel like they're not getting enough marketing or promotion like the way they should. But the one thing I can say to you that social media is free. And I'm sure exactly. if you have you the don't talent... Need a, you don't need a record label. You don't even need the artist manager. If you have uh, the talent... Not to push my job down. If you have the talent, someone will find you. It may take time because you have to filter out through the wilderness of all the bad yes. stuff. But you will be found. Exactly. So, Duke, my next question for you is, and this is, this is a pretty cool one, actually. So, if there was one song which was the soundtrack of your life... What one song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? Well, she almost hit her head on a desk. I know, because that makes me crazy. I'm listening to music 24-7. I'm going to sleep. I wake up with music. I'm a non-genre geek. I'm literally, right now, I'm in country rock with old school R&B. Um, I'm like hip-hop even, or even jazz. I started out with jazz. Um Oh my God, you're putting me on the spot. That's crazy. Um, the the song of my life for the... Um, ooh, 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 I'm, I'm having, okay. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, you All I Need to Get By by Tammy. Wait. Tammy Terrells yeah. and Marvin Gaye. Hold on. You're all... I, I need to get by. Okay. By Marvin Gaye and Terrell, Tammy. But don't count me on it, but that's literally the song that I'm listening now over and over again the whole month, even though it's the not finished month. yet the month. <laughs> yeah, even though, it's, even though it's not finished yet, but... um. Yeah, I love it. It's really, it's really nice, chill. But it has, it, it's just a good song, you know. I love Marvin Gaye in general, um, but I have as well Steve. I mean, all night long. I'm listening to all night long as well, you know, from Lionel Richie. Richie, Lionel Richie. <laughs> all night long. But I'm like all over again. I'm listening to so many songs. So, but yeah. See, if you woke up, yes, and you went to your bank account. Yes. And you had a good, I don't know, 
say infinity money, let's not put a number on it because that's when it becomes ridiculous. So exactly. say you go to your bank account, you look in your bank account and you have so much money, you like, wow, what would you change in the music industry to help people? Oh my God, what would I change? I have so many things I would change. Um, um, first of all, there is a lot of things I can change with money, but at the same time, there isn't a lot of things to change money with because it's the mindset of the people, you know? It's literally the mindset of the people because there are people that think about power more than money. And I would definitely change to get LGBT people more higher levels, um, just, just, just higher, I wouldn't say power, what is power, but just a bit of a more showcasing themselves, you know? Um, in the music industry, especially, um, or just colored people in general, just showcasing them more. Uh, what else would I do? I mean, what I would also do because I have two organizations. One of them is called Raw Fest, and the other one is called Black Music Movement. Please check them out. And um, yeah, what I'm thinking about is to do a music house. So literally buy houses, okay, or rent houses whatever is possible, and put in musicians. Just like have a hostel, you know? Just make music, have studios, um, and it's it's payable. It's literally payable. It's it's good, you know, have food there, have showers, and ha- like musicians, you know? It's literally Tinder for musicians. <laughs> Tinder for me. Yeah, like like you literally look around. You can go to room <laughs> to room, like or whatever you want to call it, Instagram or Twitter, whatever it, whatever website site works for you that can where you can connect it to, okay? It's literally a house, a place, okay, like an island or whatever you want to call it. And you have like live sessions, you have performing, you have podcast rooms, you have like whatever it is, it's for podcast land poetry, like and people are listening to you. People are hearing you out. They want to collaborate. It's like a summer camp, but just forever. See, I like it. Sounds cool to me. What? Okay, here's the next one for you. Jim. Yes. Who do you believe make better leaders, women or men? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm laughing I'm, because I'm, no one can see your face, but only I can yeah, see your face. Yeah, exactly. That's the funny thing, right? Right? right. But I don't. I say neither. Like okay, it's cool. literally about the mindset. It's about the mindset. I like how that. you're 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 stuck on the mindset, which is good. I'm, I'm stuck on the mindset because for me, for me, it's about okay. So at the beginning, I'm with my sexuality. I'm very open with my sexuality, but I'm like back and forth, back and forth. Okay, and I'm very open with the people I'm talking to, and I know people can stick me with it. Like literally tell me what I said and stick me with it in that way but I'm still gonna say it I'm very back and forth with sexuality um but the thing is I've met women who they're just it's about the person every person is different because I've met women that were very negative like they literally only wanted to have a person uh, every person could say to them what they wanted to say and they just listened to them, you know? They didn't have their own mindset. And then there's another woman is different differently, like they had their own mindset and were like passionate, independent, you know? And then there were men 
who are just very soft and and very feminine and that's cool as well and then there were men as very like hardcore extreme male you know yeah so it depends on the environment it depends on the person so i'm i'm gonna say as long i wouldn't say if i profit from it as well but as long as we and i'm not that like cinderella thing you know as long as we're all happy and the story ends well whatever it is but as long as everybody gets everything from it you know I know somebody will get hurt from it, whatever it is, like you can't do everyone right. But at the end of the day, as long, it's a good thing. And as long, okay, if there would be an island and we need to take a boat and someone has a solution, I don't care who has the solution, as long as we're coming off from that island, you know, safe. Safe and healthy, if we come off from that island, I'm happy. I don't care if it's a man or a woman or whatever gender it is, whatever person it is, you know? Okay. What is the best advice you've ever received from someone? I have two advice, two advice, okay? Cool. One is one was um learn a rule, break the rule and then make your own rules. That was one. And then the sec yeah, that was literally from my mother and I was like a bit whoa. Um she told me that I need to learn the rules before I can even break the rules because I need to learn about the rules then I can break the rules. And then when I break the rules I can put my own rules into it. And then the second um the second thing I've learned was I don't need to be someone that I'm not. Yes, I, I shouldn't be someone that I'm not because I have a mentor and his name is Spider J. He's incredible talented and super dope. And he's like my uncle in a way. And he adopted me in, in a way. So he's like a really cool dude. And I applied for so many jobs. I applied for so many jobs in the music industry because music is literally what I wanted to do. I did many jobs before that already, like kitchen. I have a diploma. I could open a restaurant, like a conditor, like everything, a bakery, whatever it is. But I don't want to because music is literally what I wanted to what I want to do, you know? And um he I told him yo spider I applied for so many jobs but I don't play they don't reply to me back and he knows I have dyslexia he knows I'm number blind all of that but I still applied for marketing and promotion you know I still applied for mathematics like mathematic things like jobs where I need to know about math, math and mathematics and he said yo don't don't go to that level apply for things that you love where you know you can accomplish where you know you can rise and don't pressure yourself you know and he said don't be someone that you're not because it will bite you in your own butt it, you need to and at the time and since then I'm literally myself and everywhere where I go people remember that face people remember me because I'm me get it because I'm like me it. there is no other Jew there's no other Yamaha there's no other me in this world on this planet this is true there is no there's no, no other savior there's no other you on this planet you know and because of that i remember you and people See? remember you and it's just like i don't remember copies i don't remember people that fake people i don't remember yes. them because they tried to be someone else and yeah I don't, I don't know. I don't remember people like that. I remember no, people that enough. are themselves. And you don't need to be like proud of yourself. Like it's okay to be shy. It's okay to not know who you are yet. But as long as you try and as long as you 
have that mindset that have the goal or mindset in your head that you really want to pursue something and get there then we're already on the right track you know that's true i have one more for you juke yes keep going i know i know i know time flies so quickly i know where can we find you on all your social medias and if anybody would like to get in contact with you how can they get in contact with you juke okay so i'm on twitter and instagram uh, mostly on Instagram, but now since the pandemic, I'm really on Twitter as well. So my social name is jukebox underscore management, M-G-M-T. And then jukebox is J-U-K-E-B-O-X, jukebox underscore management. And you will find me immediately. I have many flags and then, yeah, I have a long bio <laughs> if you click on it. And I'm literally with so much love and passion. And if you need some feedback, whatever it is, just let me know. I'm here to support, to show love. And yeah, um, if you need some, I don't know. I'm, I'm based all around the world, really. So I'm, I'm ready to go, whatever it, wherever it takes me. <laughs> I'm even vaccinated twice. I'm like ready to go, you know, I'm like whatever it, it is. So yeah. And I'm open-minded, so, and even though I don't feel your story or I don't know what you're going through, I'm still, because I'm not you, but I'm still have a shoulder, still have a heart, still have a mindset, so whatever it is, let me know. Duke, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. We did it. We finally did it. We did it. We did it, We did it. We did it. Yo, thank you so much for taking well, your time to come on of course I want to shout out to you as well I want to give a shout out to you as well because you are incredible you're talented and beautiful inside outside and it's amazing that you it's a blessing for real because real talk now that you let me be part of this again after the last time was not the best um, but I'm just yeah I'm really happy and thank you no, I'm I'm absolutely humbled to have you on the show no. and for you to come back and take your time to come on the show and share your story, yeah, your course. way with no interruptions. You get to just freely be authentically you. I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I feel like I can give to anybody. So Duke, again, my internal humble yes. appreciation for you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, okay? Thank you, thank you, and yeah, um, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, she's gone in that mode now. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going on the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in donorbox.org forward slash us people podcast or you can go through paypal just by typing in www.paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another yes be balanced (laughs) now's my time now's my time
I enjoyed it very much. I loved it. It's just that environment where I can be myself, and I, even though I'm sweating because it's very hot here <laughs> in my in the studio, it's very hot here. Not no really, real talk. But the other side is as well. I'm just, um, I don't know. It's just the, it's a chat. It doesn't have to do with you. I feel comfortable around you and just talking with people I know. But it's just it's 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 a Zoom, you know. It's that type of environment. It's like still professional in a way. Everything you do, you make the rules. 